You sounded a bit confused by the wording of my suggested question for this week. Oh, so when I went, why bother with side projects? I I wasn't confused. I thought it was a good question, actually. <laughs> yeah, because I remember we did, a, we did an episode earlier in the year about good things to build, and that got some good feedback. So I just thought it was a good question to kind of follow on to that. It wasn't even that long ago. I didn't think it was that long ago. What are some good things to build? Episode 53. March, yeah. But still earlier in the year, isn't it? So I thought, why? Why Why bother? So I thought, yeah. yeah it also slightly ties into something that Kirsty Simmons said when we spoke to her back in episode 68, uh, when we were talking about boot camps. But she was talking specifically about the, the power of uh, sort of fun projects that she'd done on the side or as part of the... the made their way into her portfolio and they were things that helped her stand out when people were looking through her CV and her applications and kind of seems like it's something that does move the needle in getting your foot in the door and getting an interview. Um, so there's a definite, I mean, this is jumping into answering the question <laughs> straight away, which is something <laughs> we do quite a lot. So if we're saying why bother with side projects, one potential answer for that, which we, I don't think we've dug into too much, is that it's really helpful when you're applying for jobs. Yes. I, I I have a different opinion on that now, but for someone trying to get a job and trying to change career, I think it's it's a really important thing. I think you're going to get most of your learning from side projects and doing stuff yourself. Um, I, that's where I feel like I learned the most when I was learning. Um, and that also shows that, that you are keen to do the job that we talked about in that episode. Um, but also... Yeah, you're learning. You're learning something new along the way, which, and and essentially, it's kind of like experience of a project, which you may not have. You may have done all these tutorials and these little things, but it's kind of like experience of a project as well. Yeah, that's quite valuable. I think what from the perspective of doing something to help you help your prospects when applying for jobs, the important thing is what are what are the people who are going to employ you looking for? They're looking for evidence that you have the skills that you say you do, and that you can build things. Just, and, that, and that's a good way to have demonstrable evidence when either you don't have any work experience to show or perhaps your work is locked behind an NDA or is part of a bigger project and it's hard to demonstrate. Um, having like a, a pretty niche or kind of... It's a good way... Yeah. It's like when you have a bug and you find the most simple way to reproduce that and demonstrate it if you're filing a report somewhere. It's like that for skills that you have. Like what is the what is the most efficient way you can prove to someone that you know that you're a whiz with Flexbox and Grid is you can build a site using Grid and Flexbox and then boom that's proof right there. Mm. Grid for the macro, Flexbox for the uh, micro. So. I don't, that's a way to go. I think it's mm, yeah. I Off mean, I'm topic, not a, sorry. That's fine. No, it's good. It's, it's, it's on topic. I'm not. I'm not a Grid Grid expert, but the impression I get is that a lot of like the smart people who are doing the advanced UI layouts are using a combination. I think there are certain scenarios where Flexbox is better, certain scenarios where Grid is better. Use them together. Two sides of the same coin, I think. Hmm. I only brought that because I'm, I'm doing some of this dastardly front-end stuff at the moment. And how are you finding it? Do you feel refreshed and invigorated for having done something that you can actually see the results of on a screen? In a way, I suppose. <laughs> but I'm going to keep with my... Uh... True calling. <laughs> CSS is just very annoying, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Props to anyone out there who actually uh, understands it and can wrangle it. <laughs> yeah, it I don't like think it's not, it's, it's not. 
that CSS is bad, it's being bad at CSS is bad. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I find it. I find it even even at its weirdest. I find it much less frustrating than JavaScript. <laughs> but this is. I mean, this is something that does tie to like brilliantly segue back to the topic. Is that <laughs> if you're doing a side project, generally speaking, you're doing end to end on this project. You're doing all of it if it's your little side thing. So that means mm. if you are a back end developer, you probably are going to have to touch the front end at least a little bit, depending on what. The thing it is that you're building. If you want it to be out there and live on the web and be demonstrable to people, a if you're a, if you're a front end like me, you're going to have to work out some form of back end for it, and it just gives you a little taste of something that you probably don't have to in your work silos. Yeah, that's true. Um, luckily, in my work, I kind of do a, a wide range of stuff, but there's definitely some things that I want to do in side projects. Maybe I'll talk about them later um, that I wouldn't do at work. So it's just it's another way of doing something that I wouldn't be able to do at work. Um, and like you say, it's it's good to get to understand the the struggle that people go through to do some of their jobs, get a bit a greater understanding of uh, the difficulties. And there's a lot of the we've talked about this before. The kind of Backenders think frontenders are rubbish and vice versa, but it's, it's good to actually understand quite how difficult it is to do some of those different parts. <laughs> yeah, and I think the important thing is it goes both ways as well. I mean, yeah. you, like you were saying, as, as a backender, doing a bit of CSS, you suddenly have renewed respect for people who are good at it. I'm the same whenever I venture out of the front end. I'm like, oh my God, these guys are wizards. <laughs> doing it though, I, I've kind of, they are really, really different things. Like, doing a bit of python writing a python script is a very logical process and you can kind of you can understand exactly what's going to happen by by thinking through it whereas i find maybe this is just my inexperience with css but i find like you you do one thing in css and it, it makes no sense i was like i've i've written this width should be this wide but it's not actually changing why is it not changing oh because i've set a certain display on this box so it ignores the width it's uh, it, very confusing, <laughs> and a lot of a lot more trial and error. In I think, in, in I think it's just familiarity. I, it. I think it's yeah. just familiarity because my like writing an express server, I am the same in reverse. I, I'm like, stumbling around in the dark. Things don't make sense to me. It doesn't seem logical. Whereas, like if I'm writing writing front end JavaScript or CSS stuff, I'm like most most of the time <laughs> touch wood. <laughs> like, everything is logical and does what I think it should. I mean, not everything's logical in JavaScript. <laughs> no, that's the thing. If you learn, there are some weird decisions made, but they are internally consistent. Like, if you once you get your head around how coercion works, and like all the different ways that null can coalesce into something else, um, like once you get your head around that, that's f I don't spend a lot. I, I get frustrated by JavaScript a lot of the time, but the frustration is generally with higher-minded things it's like why is the thing that i'm trying to do not work? I, the core what, what people often tout as the quirks and the bad bits of the language you learn them the things that people would describe as a gotcha you just you take it in and you just adapt and that become it's just part of the knowledge that you know and it might not be deducible from first principles <laughs> but then how often are you looking at first principles when you're programming i'm paid to do bigger things I don't know. I suppose there's just more. My, perhaps there's more gotchas in uh, JavaScript than other languages. So even though we've kind of gone off on a bit of a tangent talking about JavaScript, um, it kind of shows that by doing these, by being more aware of the different areas of tech, um, 
you're definitely going to have a bit of a more respect perhaps for other people that you're working with maybe in your company or outside your company um, and that that's only going to be a good thing yeah and i think it comes back to the the concept we've touched on it briefly before about the, the shape of your knowledge like do you have a t-shape or pie-shaped knowledge what have you but one of the core parts of that is you have a very broad narrow understanding of a whole lot of things and a specialism in one or two areas but mm -hmm. part of making a side project where you're kind of touching all the bases and covering things is that your broad knowledge is strengthened. You are at least exposed to the sharp edges and weirdness of certain areas. So even if you don't understand them and you can't deal with them, you can say with, you can say with a little bit of experience, oh yes, I, I know why that's hard or why someone's doing that as a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So apart from like this being aware of more uh, different areas of code. Um, related to that, I suppose, it's also you kind of get to learn something, like we said earlier, that you may not know, or that you may not have the chance to do it in your job, but it may be like an entirely different area of technology. So I'm thinking about, um, at the moment, what I'm thinking about doing is I really want to have a go at just just for fun, uh, creating a um, like an iOS app, just to see what it's like, just to see, like just to understand them a bit more. Because I have an iPhone and I use apps, and it, I just it's something just just that interests me. Not I'm not looking to get a job as a Swift developer or anything, but it, I think it'd be interesting to see how like a different language works and how like building something on for a particular platform works. And for me, that's the biggest the, like the most value that you get out of a side project is trying something new, scratching a niche that you've got and that you maybe don't do in the normal day-to-day -day of your your work. Often, like, if you're being paid to do something, it's because you're good at, you've proven that you're good at it and you already know it and you're carrying on. You, may, you learn new things every day on the job, in, I find, certainly, in programming, but it's within bounds. Like, just picking a side project can, yeah, can be completely out of bounds. And an app is a perfect, like, building an app as a developer is a perfect... Uh, example of that it's orthogonal to the work that you do but it is a completely different discipline uh, with different tooling different structures different workflows and different languages yeah uh, yeah and, and thinking about it i'm i'm kind of more interested in that we talked about this seeing how an app goes from beginning to end like i'm more interested like when i'm doing it i'm going to be focusing more on how you lay out the project and how you get it onto the phone and stuff like that that that's the stuff that's kind of a mystery to me like i the, learning a new language is going to be difficult but like once you've looked at a few languages like you you kind of learn how to pick them up fairly fairly easily um you're just looking at different syntax but i yeah so that's just that's just what i'm interested in <laughs> but then, I'll say again it's a perfect example of what we're talking about <laughs> yeah and all that knowledge is going to be useful it might not be something that you're going to work walk into work and sit down and, and type that new stuff into a computer tomorrow but having that awareness of different structures and different ways of doing things strengthens the knowledge that you do have and the things that you do do in the day-to-day -day of your discipline obviously the the other thing that is good especially when you're looking to change career having a few side projects even if they're not very big is like it's something to put in your portfolio it was something i could put on my website um even though i also put my website on my portfolio <laughs> <laughs> so I had a portfolio on my website with my website on it. It's a little uh, confusing, but um, yeah, it was something that I could put on there. And then, like you say, if you if you if you've got a CV and it's from another career, yes, all that stuff in your previous career is is probably going to be valuable, hopefully. But as well as that, you want to show like you want things to put on your CV that show that you're also looking to to change to make this career change, and you've spent time 
doing it. Yeah, it's, it's a show of specific skills, but it's also a show of interest. I'm so interested in this as a career that I'm doing this already and I'm learning things. Look at the things I've made. Yeah. yeah. And that's the, that's the cutthroat side of it. The other side is, like, if you think about that moment when you're transitioning, where did you learn how to do most of the things that you've learned? You've learned from other people sharing and doing, uh, putting putting their projects online so that other people can see them and learn from them. So there's an element to which is uh, philanthropic, isn't it? You can share your knowledge to. I mean, it's easy to be cynical about it, but we're talking on a to each other on a podcast aimed at people making that career transition, trying to do things that are helpful for them and. Mm-hmm. Having a side project which is has an educational side to it is very common. Like a lot of people are making courses or doing um, writing about the things that they've learned um, from side projects. So often, like good blog posts don't. I mean, they often come out of things that people are doing at work, but more often than not, the ones that I find interesting are the things where someone's had an interesting idea, maybe not got not very commercial but they've pursued it and they've played around and they've learned something new and learned something interesting and then after having made their side project they blog about it yeah or it's on github or something the amount of times i've gone to github and just looked at things that are on there and just taken little snippets um yeah. just to see like like i was saying to see how projects are structured etc um that that's a really useful thing yeah yeah i think a lot of people make their side projects open source as well by default that seems to mm. be the the way of doing things and uh, this is something i didn't think about but yeah, I suppose this is a side project, isn't it, related to coding? Like running a blog is, in a way, a side project if you're committing to doing that for a certain amount of time. Like these are all things that are going to help your career and are little projects in themselves. Yeah, and like this podcast as a side project has been massively rewarding just for just the sheer fun of doing it and getting to meet new mm-hmm. people and hearing nice things that people have said who've listened and all that kind of stuff is it's fun to do in its in and of itself um doesn't have to be just it's not just about like making my cv look good yeah yeah unless you're in a tight spot where you really need a job i think a side project should be something that is something that interests you something that you think oh i'm interested in what this is i'm going to go and do it i don't think it should be something that you think oh i've got to go and work on my side project now although i'm sure all all side (laughs) projects get a bit like that (laughs) oh there's the fantastic moment at the start where i've come up with the idea and I know what I'm going to do, but I haven't done anything yet. That's the mm-hmm. best part of every project. <laughs> Make no bugs if you've not written any code. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, they, they, they can be helpful things as well and they don't have to be necessarily completely technical. There's definitely a, a lot of scope for what a side project is. Yeah. And you're only, I mean, once you've got that first job, once you've, I mean, we talk about this a lot, like getting that first position is hard. Things, it's never easy, but it's easier after you've got that first position. And once you've got your first job and you're getting started in your career, you there's only brief moments in your career where you are trying to make your CV look good. The rest of the time, you're just working on your own skill and doing things for the fun of it because you've got in, you've transitioned to a career in, or you want to transition to a career in tech because you find it really interesting and it sort of sparks some kind of creative inspiration inside you and that's why you're doing it and a side project is a great way to nurture that because it's completely your own i mean that's the i mean the next note i've got here in the show notes is a bit cheesy self-actualization <laughs> it's a really <laughs> important thing you spend all your day coding for other people if you work for a company and you can enjoy it i mean 
could be lucky like us and really enjoy it and work with smart people and interesting things. But it's still, unless you're founding a company and going off and doing things that are, are way more risky than either of us are doing, you don't have that much control over what it is that you're working on. You don't... I, mean, <laughs> I think we both have quite a lot of control over what we're working on, but the... If but suddenly... no, the, the the project I'm doing, I can't say uh, let's do a different project. Like I have to, <laughs> yeah. I have to work on the project. Like we can work on the, the little bits in it, but we can't decide what the project is. Yeah, and I think that's that's universal to everyone who works for a company. It's like the mission is set when the company is founded, and you, you're following along with what's best for the company. Sometimes what you want to do is not what's best for the company. You want to go and learn some kind of new API or, or muck about with a bit of technology or a new bit of hardware or do some do something just for fun that no one's ever going to pay any money for but that's where a side project comes in you get to scratch the itches that come up mm, definitely uh, i like this you tom's put a picture in the show notes here of uh basic human maslow's hierarchy of needs i guess this is related to self-actualization yes that's where it comes from that's why, why i think of it because that's the top of the it's the pyramid of the things that you need with the top self-actualization and then below that self-esteem and then you've got sort of social needs and safety and learning underneath that and it carries on down all the way to wi-fi <laughs> yes <laughs> the traditional one the bottom layer is uh physiological needs which is just basic survival like you need you need air shelter water food and then the the, the meme corruption of that is the next layer underneath is wi-fi <laughs> you need that before everything else <laughs> but to be the, the idea of this is to be a fully realized human being and to, to feel good about yourself you need that peak of that pyramid which is self-actualization which is choosing your own destiny having some kind of control over the things that happen in your life which i think all of us if we're in tech are, are lucky to have generally speaking but in a very specific sense it's satisfying to make your own project and do something that's completely directed by you so i've got i've got a question for you tom mm -hmm. how many side projects have you started and also my second question is how many side projects would you say that you've finished or got to like a Maybe an MVP. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. Yeah, started to MVP is interesting. So where where are what are we now? I mean, I let's do the maths. So what's the what's the date today? <laughs> How many? <laughs> when did I start? Maybe we could we could pin it down to the last twenty four hours if you want. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm kind of if I use a rough metric of one a day for the last seven years <laughs> of my career, that's, that's the ideas. <laughs> no, I, I'd seriously toy around with something new at least once a month for fun probably more frequently um very 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 few of my things get to the mvp stage i'm really good at starting stuff i'm really bad at finishing um i think if you hadn't been involved a podcast would not be <laughs> a finished <laughs> side project well not not finished but mvp'd a running side project <laughs> side yeah. project no um yeah i think that's quite quite a common thing though isn't it i think i've, I've definitely got a few of them yeah but i've got a load of stuff that i've enjoyed and have made and it's been fun and maybe only two or three things a year get actually like released to the world and yeah. wrapped up. It's, the trouble is that last, like the last twenty percent of polish that you need to get something from like it's done, it works, I like it, but then I can actually share this with the world and all the that. Then it becomes a real, it becomes like a real job. Then <laughs> if you if you care about like, meta tags and Twitter cards and all the stuff that goes around making a like a complete website <laughs> that you have to do for hours is that why you're complaining <laughs> i'm not complaining i'm not complaining i'm just saying there's a lot to be done and it's satisfying work and i don't mind it because it's 
think that's what I do for a living generally to a certain extent. So honing the skills is good, but it it does something does switch from fun and mucking around to oh I've got this whole list of snags I've got to clear up before this is fit for human consumption. Yeah, which becomes a little bit more tedious, um, and is only worth doing if the idea is really good and you feel proud of what you've put together enough that you want to share it. And in those cases, you do put the effort in. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it doesn't take that much effort. It's not that hard to publish a blog or to like share a picture online. But Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's good you get at least like one or two out. Hmm. I think that's more than a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, that comes back to the yearly themes thing that we've talked about before, like the idea of shipping and I need to ship yep. more. This That's what this is. I've got loads of unshipped side projects. Do you think do you think you'd ever uh, f- get any money out of uh, <laughs> any of your side projects? You, is that ever a motivation for you? You think I'm going to do a side project? It's going to it's going to kick off really big, and then I'm never going to I can quit my job because that's definitely a thought I've had. <laughs> yeah, let me. T- yeah, I'll I'll come clean. Literally, every single thing that I do as a side project, every single one I start, that first ten minutes of doing it, I'm like. Oh, this is going to blow up and this is going to be my life now and this is my new career fantastic <laughs> i am now a whiskey distiller <laughs> <laughs> yeah every single one i don't I, there's something about the th- what i find interesting is that there's the potential my ideas are ridiculous like often like yeah i'm gonna buy a still and make some illegal whiskey and that, mm-hmm. yeah that i bought i bought the still never it's untouched <laughs> since i bought it and oh i'm gonna you know i'm gonna re- release an album of an instrumental weird guitar music and that's going to be huge and then i can get in the soundtrack to a massive film and then i can retire but that's always the like the things that i find interesting i think could sustain a career every single one of them yeah so far the only one that has managed that is making websites that's how that started (laughs) start the learning how to make a website started in exactly the same way as learning how to make sourdough it was (laughs) Yeah, and then you realise there's so much more to it than you imagine. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's, the, that's generally the depth that puts you off. But I think yeah. because website making was so tangent, like so tied into all the other things, like, it's like every at every stage you'd be, reach a point where you'd be really useful to have a website for this. Mm. Well, I wish I could really, like, I mean, for me, it's like, I, could, I really wish I could customise my MySpace page. <laughs> it would be useful to learn a bit of... Bit of web development for that. Um, yeah. don't, didn't even know what it was called at the time. Didn't know it was CSS, but it was a thing. Oh, yeah. I can yeah, change this from red to blue and oh, look, it changes color. <laughs> that, yeah. It was that same impulse to start a weird side project. Yeah. That then is behind all, even the web related ones. Every time I'm like, oh yeah, what the world really needs is uh, a game built with 3JS in the browser that's going to be really fun and I can retire off the royalties. What, what people have been crying out for, Tom, all this time. Uh, 3J, I can't remember what you said, but yeah. the, I've heard the people talking about it around the water cooler. Yep. Yeah. They've just been waiting for um, it. I've got yeah. £100 here to spend on a game. Yeah. The, uh, the TAM for that is massive. Total addressable, total addressable market. Oh. <laughs> like okay. How many people could consume your thing? Everybody can. Everybody can play a game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I... Uh, I often, every time I start, I think, oh, I could probably make some money off this. Every single side project, bar the one that ended up being my career, has not made me a single penny. <laughs> I do. Well, there you go. You only need one to pay off, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I work on a, I work on a, a VC model. <laughs> Feast or famine. <laughs> make small bets on hundreds of things. 
<laughs> Long shots. Yeah. But I did, a lot of people do make money off their side projects. And it's yeah, it's an ambition I have with all of mine. I'm like, oh, this would be nice if it could like, pay for its own server costs and things like that. But the initial reason you do it is because you enjoy it, I guess. Yes. Yeah. I think while I, yeah, I can't lie, every single time I think, oh, I could probably make some money off this. The fact that I'm still doing it now, years later, I still have that same impulse. I'm still doing them, even though none of them have made any money. Yeah. Is I think a sign that I, I do it because I enjoy it, and it's it's my hobby. Yeah, my coming up with new hobbies is my hobby. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah. Oh, well, I think we'll uh, we'll round things up there. Um, just remember, do it, do it for fun. Unless you're trying to change career, in which case I would definitely suggest having at least a couple of little side projects that you've got. And and that's part of your learning. It's not like that's extra work on top of what you do already. Like you do that instead of doing a tutorial or something. You try and have a side project, which is definitely something we should make clear. Yeah, I know it's a, it, it's fun most of the time, but every now and again, like I think for most of our listeners probably, it's a really important thing to have in your, in your back pocket. Have a couple of little projects that you've done that are good. Yeah, so definitely, uh, definitely worth bothering with. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks a lot for listening to this week's episode of A Question of Code. You can always find us on Twitter at AQO Code. And you can find us online at aqoc.dev or questionofcode.com where you can find out all the ways to get in touch with us and uh, suggest a question or tell us that we were wrong about that thing that you know all about from way back in the day. And it's great. We love to hear all about that. But you can also now sign up to our mailing list to be automatically notified in your inbox if you like that kind of thing. I like mailing lists. I have loads. <laughs> Go on, Tom. Do you want to? Uh... Oh yes, yeah. I was. I, I. I nearly suggested it at the start, but I think this is a good. Like our audience, they're listening to tech. They're listening to tech content. They like tech. They're nerds. They're listening to podcasts, so they like podcasts. Podcast discovery is really hard. You know what would be good if, like, that someone, someone as a side project, was doing a podcast recommendation. <laughs> newsletter oh, how's that for synergy we've got tied in with the it all ties in tied in with the topic of the show <laughs> it was this was the long long game all along <laughs> building up what we're laughing about is i have a newsletter that i send out once a week every wednesday morning um and it's called podcasts for nerds so go to podcastsfornerds.com and sign up uh, put your email in and every week i'll send you three great podcast episodes to listen to and yeah, so far feedback has been good it's a side project who knows where it'll go I'm imagining that this is going to take off and have hundreds of thousands of subscribers and pay my mortgage <laughs> <laughs> and on that note I think we'll say goodbye see you next week see ya